Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Everybody and welcome in to the Penny Bloom podcast. Today we continue our comic book movie journey through film with Batman Begins, released on June fifteenth, two thousand five, written by Christopher Nolan and David S. Goyer, and directed by Christopher Nolan. I am Colton Robertson. I am joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? What up? What up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And back like she never left, Claire De Janeiro. Thank you for joining us once again. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Oh, of course, of course. It's always a pleasure, especially since you joined us last for the last Batman movie on this project. Uh, we did Batman and Robin just a couple months back. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a refreshing change of pace to discuss Batman Begins in I'd comparison say. to such a film. Uh, how, how do you feel about this movie? What are, what are your overall thoughts? Um, I love this movie. I forgot how much I love this movie. I think it usually gets overshadowed by its, its you know, successor, The Dark Knight. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think it's just a testament to how good The Dark Knight is that it could follow something like this, because this is a really good movie. I, I, I love this movie, and uh, I, have the, I have the piping hot take that uh, this is the best Batman movie of the trilogy, you know, I don't, uh, I don't think it's that piping hot act, you know, not okay, a, cool. maybe for the general public, I'd say a lot of people, they really love their Joker. They really love their Heath Ledger. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, I don't, I don't think so. Piping hot. That's, that's the, the kind of gist I got from this rewatch was, uh, the one you're like, yeah, coming from Batman and Robin. I'm like, what's the last Batman movie we watched? I'm like, what's, what are we coming off? You know, of, and getting that because I'm like every Batman movie before they've been fun and I've liked them you know that's they're they're different uh, but this one I, a change. I yeah there's a, there's a definite change and a good one at that um, yeah. but yeah this I, I I don't think it's is that piping hot to to cool. say cool I don't necessarily think it's the best movie best I think it's Batman the best movie. Batman movie I like yes. I like that yes. uh, uh, distinction. Yeah, I think that uh, it's 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 a better Batman movie than The Dark Knight because I mean he falls to the side in that movie so substantially, and he's he's obviously the main character of this one. Uh, and I just think The Dark Knight Rises is a steaming hot pile of shit. Um, personally, personally, I don't, like, I don't like The Dark Knight Rises, uh, but I do love this movie. There's so there's so much to enjoy about this movie, and there's so much that uh, you know. Christian Bale, you know, I think coming off of, you know, Michael Keaton and then Val Kilmer and then George Clooney, he had to take it in his own direction, you know, and I think that Christian mm. Bale never would have been like, oh, I got to try and do something that someone else has done before. You know, he's a very good actor, and I think he's the best actor who has played uh, Bruce okay. Wayne. That's fair. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know that he's the best Batman there is, but I think he's the best actor who has played him, you know, cool. um, 
and he does a really good job. Uh, yeah, this you know usually we, we into the for the comic book movies we like uh, like it should be the titular character who like you like out of the movie the best or like at least has the most fulfilling character arc or something of you know like that and and this one I think is why <clears throat> this one is such a a better batman movie like this is his origin here this is like we're actually focused on batman and bruce and like very very much so part of the story and then i think the reason a lot of people like the dark knight is because of the villains not actually batman like it's like right. They like they 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 hoist him up on a level because the villains are just so good that Batman is just kind of right there with him. But this one, you actually like get the nitty gritty parts of the story and like why he acts the way he does, why you know the decisions he made, like the no kill rule. You know, like mm. I love how you know how that's handled here and like I don't know this, the origins and well, yeah, I, don't I think they fumble the bag hard towards the end with it, but he just. Yeah, it's a very, you know, I don't know. I, I guess the, how they, he arrived at the, like when he throws the gun into the, you know. No, yeah, yeah. The, that part, not, not like the end of, you know, with yeah. Roz. Or, I think, no, they do, a, they do a really good job in, in a lot of regards, I think. And uh, more, far more good than there is bad, you know, mm. in this one, mm. which is not something you can say for a lot of the comic book movies we've been watching recently. <laughs> uh yeah. But uh, let's uh, let's let's go around and maybe get some thoughts on a uh, maybe a favorite scene. Let's let's mm-hmm. let's come in hot, Claire. What's your what's your favorite scene in this movie? Favorite scene. Um, it's a very random scene. It's a very short scene. My favorite scene though is um, when Gordon is comforting young Bruce in mm-hmm. the station. I kind of always have missed that, and rewatching it this time, I was like, oh wow, I forgot that that's where his trust in Gordon comes from. Um, and it's just really sweet. There are a lot of really nice moments with father figures in this movie that I've never noticed before. And to the point where I was actually Googling Chris Nolan, I'm like, what's going on with him and his father? Like why? But um, mm. yeah, I really like that scene. I like, uh, this is like my favorite Gordon too. So I can't blame you there. Can't knock you one bit. Gary Oldman as commissioner Gordon or Sergeant Gordon and then Lieutenant mm, Gordon yeah, not quite. Uh, is yeah, yeah. Uh, is really really good and that scene it, it is something that you know I think that you know I've never watched the Gotham TV series which feels like something they kind of key in on is that that specific moment but I don't think they explore that a lot in many other Batman things you know like that's uh that's such a cool way to introduce the idea of Bruce's trust in one specific police officer you know like a doesn't go to anyone else, you know. You you know you're mm-hmm. you're one of the good ones, as as okay. he puts it. Uh, <laughs> he's got a much much more personal reason for him being one of the good ones than uh, just seeing him be a good cop. You know, he's like you told me you you put you wrapped a jacket around me and told me everything would be okay. It's uh, perfect. As, as yeah, that reveal in in rises like that, like mm-hmm. you know how because yeah. he he tells Rachel in this one you know he he always just can't be like I'm Bruce Wayne or I'm Batman the reveal has to be you know uh like to let them internalize it and figure it out first but like we don't get that with Gordon but like we do get the scene that he eventually calls back to you know which which is is really cool and like that you just needed to let a little boy know everything was okay in the world you know before I go off and sacrifice myself and blow up a nuke you know let me let you know who I am yeah, Fun fact: We will not, we will not have a Batman movie where he doesn't reveal his secret identity to someone until the Batman. 
Wow. Every happens... single movie, he tells someone he's Batman. Or, or someone figures him? it out. Because mm-hmm. Gordon is for Rises. But who's in uh Is it Two-Face? Um, uh, Two-Face. I think Two-Face does. I'm pretty sure Two-Face figures it out. Yeah. I think I think Harvey Dent. Um, I feel like Joker figures it out too. Yeah, there's some, there's something there. Um mm-hmm. I can't remember. We'll find out though. Um but no that I don't know that that was like his origin like I've never really I've always watched this movie knowing that dark the dark knight comes afterwards. Like I I think right. I watched the dark knight first before I watched Batman Begins actually. Like I I I feel like I watched Batman Begins sometime in my childhood because I remember like Roz and I remember the temp like the training and like all the ninja stuff because I I guess I was just into that as a kid. But like I don't remember the end like got like the Gotham storyline with the, the the water vapor. I don't know. Like maybe I was just too young to understand what was going on or something and I was just convoluted. I mean yeah, it's very convoluted, and they do their best to exposition the hell out of it, to try their best to explain it to you. Uh, there's multiple scenes where someone goes, oh, God, if they reach this point, then the whole city's water supply is fucked. You know, like they, that's that happens on a couple different occasions. And uh, even then, you don't like the, the people in the control center are like, oh, my God, it's moving through the city and it's slowly getting closer and closer. We don't know why. And then they look out and the train's there and they're like, oh, God, that's it. You know, like a. That's uh, no, but I oh I I dig it. Like there, usually you know it, it's a third act that's kind of in the middle. I feel of like um out there and then like fully contained. Like we we've always we've had a lot of movies where like by the third act sometimes it just goes crazy and they're like, where the fuck did you guys think you? I don't know. Like crazy that you went there. This one I feel like is kind of in the middle. Like it it still is very contained it's just gotham it's just you know i think the only crazy part is that there's a weapon that can make water instantly into vape you know air that you can breathe that's the most like crazy part of it but like it feels very like real as in like the the riddler's attack on on gotham like in the Mm -hmm. newest batman movie where like that feels like kind of someone could do you know like that feels like kind of real like i don't know it kind of get that just Bane here. taking over the island of Manhattan in the Dark Knight Rises. It's like that's unlikely, but goddamn, if there was a way to do it, be the way he yeah. did it. Yeah, so like, yeah. it's not it's not that out there. Um, no, I, yeah. I, 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 I do like I, they wrap in like the the drug and then the any flower from the beginning, and then they, oh, mm-hmm. that's like the drug that they use. I do think that's mm-hmm. very clever. Um, yeah. yeah, it is. Bruce. It's a it's a definitely a different kind of storyline, and I I do like that it's contained to Gotham. I yeah. did too. That, and that was something that occurred to me while I was watching it was I was like, God, I, you know, the Batman did a really good job of this, but it's been, I feel like it's been so long since we've had a story that wasn't uh, like world or galaxy implicating in, in something, yeah. you know, like it's, uh, and, and just watching it and being like Gotham is what's going to be affected. You know, like if, if you don't save the city, the city will tear itself apart. That's, that's the entire thing. Um, I fucking love that. You know, it's very simple. It's very straightforward. And it's just like, you know, save the city, you know, and I I really appreciate that. One thing that is interesting about this movie is it's, uh, you know, not only is it the successor to four Batman movies that are quite fantastical and quite out there, uh, it, it subverts a lot of expectations by still being pretty 
pretty fantastical. You know, like there is a lot of this movie, like Scarecrow, Scarecrow in and of himself mm-hmm. is like, uh, you know, somehow this guy is in charge of Arkham Asylum, you know, mm-hmm. and nobody's thinking it's weird whenever somebody walks into an interrogation room perfectly fine and then walks out of the room completely fucking nuts. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe someone should look into that. Um, it's the League of but, uh, they've, they've, they've got into every department yeah. that they could, you know, that's what Roz yeah. was like. He's like, yeah, we, we, our weapons, they got more advanced. We tried economics, you know, or whatever. He's there was, like, there was always somebody to, in the way. Yeah. We tried to, we tried oh, to get you down, but, but it's, we didn't expect for the two people, you know, or the citizens. That was something that I actually appreciate a lot more on this watch more than I have previously is oh, that yeah, like, yeah. uh, at the beginning, whenever Ducard is fighting, like training Bruce, and he's like, "Your father was weak." He's got like a personal beef with Thomas Wayne. Yeah, you know, like that's that's something I'd never I'd never really considered until the end of this movie when he's like, "And your father was always in the way." Da, 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 da. And it's like, it, it, there's a there's a personal level to it that's really really compelling. And uh, I, uh, I I do struggle with some of the adaptation stuff. Um, for example, Ra's al Ghul is a white man. Yeah, yeah. he's evil Qui Gon essentially. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I, mean, I like Liam Neeson. You know, I think he does do. well in the role. Like he does, yeah. he does an amazing job. But yeah, it's just Ra's al Ghul. That's it. Like amazing. that's. I mean, come on. Like you don't have to know anything about the comics at all. You just hear that name, and you're like, that's not a white guy. Like yeah. I don't know. That's it's pretty like pretty cut and dry there, but. I mean, yeah. like, this is a problem that they have uh, later with The Dark Knight Rises as well with Bane. You know, Tom Hardy, stand-up job, does a wonderful job. It's also just not a white guy. It's just not what Bane is. Um, and there's a, there's a, there's a few things. like, And I think it, it preoccupies itself so much with the subverting expectations and mm-hmm. trying to make it a twist that it doesn't think about the implication of making uh, Rosalind a white guy. It's yeah. just like... Well, of course you'd think Ra's al Ghul was Ken Watanbe, you know? Like, of course you'd think that was Ra's al Ghul, but actually he was Liam Neeson all along. And it's like, oh yeah, but that's, you know why that sucks, right? You know, you know why that's bad. Um, yeah, I guess I didn't even think about that, that they needed to hide, you know, cause I'm, I'm watching like, even on this watch, I know the twist, you know, it's not mm-hmm. like, oh, that's Ra's, you know, does even, I when the twist happened though. I kind of thought the twist happened like in the League of Shadows. So I was kind of surprised when it came later. Right, Obviously right. I knew it was coming, but I thought that he had known that previously. Well, what's also interesting is that I think the twist could have worked even without Ducard being Ra's al Ghul. It could have been, it didn't have to be a white guy. It could have He's been like, I'm the guy who trained you. Yeah. Could have just been And another- my loyalty still to them. Yeah. You tore that down. Now I tear you down. More glaring that like Ra's al Ghul is the only white guy, or that Liam Neeson's the only white guy there. It's like doesn't as a matter red flag. Like what are you doing here? Yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't know. That's like I could I could see it being like sort of like a Godfather, like a uh, uh, the the role Robert Duvall plays, where he's like the the consigliere to Marlon Brando. Like that's that's kind of mm. what Ducard was. If if Marlon Brando goes down, you know what what. Robert Duvall is going to have something to say about it. That, that's what that's what Ducard should have been. I think you know. I don't think he should have been like, a, oh, actually, he was Ra's al Ghul all along. I think that's kind of uh, for one, it wasn't needed, and for two, it was just kind of needless to make that sort of twist. Like it's just like 
there was enough of a twist in the betrayal of someone that Bruce looked at as a friend in Ducard, you know, like that was the man who trained him and he trusted him. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if he comes back and he's like, actually my, my loyalties to the league of shadows, that's enough. I think, I don't think it needs to be like, Oh, actually it was Raz al Ghul. Yeah. Even like, how does that work? He created the league of shadows in Tibet or wherever he is. Like I, yeah, I, don't know. I haven't thought about it that deeply. But I, yes. I guess he's been around, you know, he, he was responsible for London, for Rome. You know, I guess maybe the League of Shadows was responsible. I don't know yeah. if he was claiming himself. Well, and there's also uh, an interesting thing in that... Like, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just wondering, like, how did he end up in charge of this? Like, logistically, I don't really see how that mm. makes sense now that I think about it. There's an interesting thing that I'm not entirely familiar with Ra's al Ghul's comics persona. I'm pretty sure that, like, you know, the Lazarus Pit restores his life and he can live for an extended long period of time. So there is a chance that it was him and the bloodlust that he mm-hmm. feels from the Lazarus pit puts him, but like, that's something they're just not going to explore in Batman begins. It's just not the type, the type of movie it is. Um, but the way they treat it in like arrow, I don't know if you guys have ever watched arrow mm-hmm. um, where it's like a title to be passed down. Like yeah. Stephen Amell's arrow mm-hmm. defeats Ra's al Ghul and becomes Ra's al Ghul. Like that's like his, it's, it's it's like a, a mantle almost which is uh i don't think that's exactly how it's treated in comics but uh it'd be interesting if that's like what they were going for with this you know like not that he was actually raz al ghul but now he's raz al ghul you know like then even i could get more behind it you know but uh they don't make it clear enough you know i'm just thinking about Dark Knight Rises. Does he come up again in Dark Knight Rises? They mention a Ra's al Ghul uh, or an Al Ghul, but it's Talia. It's his daughter. Okay. That's his daughter, right? Yes, his daughter, oh, Talia okay. Al Ghul. She, she pops up and rises. I don't um, ever remember anything about that. I think the only time, is it in Rises or Dark Knight where like he talks to Liam Neeson in a cell again. Does that happen, or is that am I just remembering wrong? Like, I feel like it's like yeah, a it's dream. The of this movie. Yeah, but I feel like it was maybe like, like he wasn't alive. It was yeah, like a hallucination. Maybe. Oh, like when he's right. in the pit. Maybe I, I yeah. could be just mixing up scenes. I could be like mixing up the scene where he's right, actually right. in this prison cell talking to him. Well, because that's what's also interesting is that like Bane is an agent of the League of Shadows later on in the dark Knight rises. So they, they did their best to try and maintain like a, an overarching threat, like the, mm-hmm. the power against Batman always looming in the background was the league of shadows, which is, uh, you know, that's compelling. It's a very compelling idea. And I think that they set that up in a really interesting way. Um, but I, I just feel like there's a few things adaptation wise that I, I take issue with. And, uh, mm. You know, for the, the the glaring example, I feel like is uh, you know a little bit of a Daredevil two thousand three thing where he's like, uh, "I I won't kill you, but that doesn't mean I have to save you." Right. It's like he's he's the one uh, that is responsible for him in that situation, and yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, hey, you know, if he wants, so he can sleep at night, so he can say he doesn't have his no kill rule still intact, I guess. But I feel like it could have been done some other way like i i i don't know how to rewrite it differently you know like maybe he had to go do something like i mean obviously this is the most important thing that he he needs to be on that train and needs to stop it before it gets to wayne tower or else you know 
kaboom and all bad. So, like, obviously that's what he needs to do. But, like, I felt like there could have been something where he knows the train's going to derail, but, like, there's still time for even Roz to leave, but he chooses Mm. not to, you know? It's not that, like, it's not, like, a surprise to him that, like, he's like, oh, wait, oh, I am about to die here. Or, like, if he, who knows if he actually dies. I don't know how Roz, you know, if he just... Who knows if he's actually dead? But I mean, I, I'd say. Yeah, so. I was like, when the train crashed, I was like, I don't know, he could have lived through that. And then the and thing then exploded, and I was like, I was like, well, that that's probably it. Um. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. But uh, might have been. It might have worked had it been like Bruce is like reaching out to save him or something, and Roz like doesn't reach back, like refuses mm-hmm. to be saved by him. Yeah, yeah. That could. Oh, yeah. That's like way better. Yeah, like just. I want to call Christopher Nolan. I need to work for him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I, I, like that. Like to to make it like him him think about killing the man who killed his parents. You know, we see him like actually think about it. He has the gun. He's about to do it, but then he doesn't get the chance to. And you know, Rachel slaps him for it. You know, like and then he's like, "All right, you know what? I actually, I don't like that." You know, he throws the gun into the. You think like, yeah. All right, he's Batman. He doesn't kill. That's his thing. And then, I don't know, just throughout the movie, there's, like, some cop cars that he flips over and explodes that, like, I, I hope, you know, I mean, like, like, I don't know. I'm just nitpicking, you know, it's movie details. But, like, this dude's right. not really that careful uh, when it comes to, to not killing people. No, um, I do think, like, th- that's the thing is that it's it's still a better adaptation, in my opinion, than... uh uh, Michael Keaton or Ben Affleck, um, like it, it, at least the dedication to the no kill rule is like grappled with mm. and like addressed, and like they they attempt to make a story out of it instead of being like I'm just gonna throw you in a manhole cover with a fucking bomb strapped <laughs> yeah. to your chest. And we'll see yeah, what happens. Yeah, uh, or I've got fucking machine guns mounted I on didn't my Batmobile. Kill you. The bomb killed you. Yeah. You know, that's I no no kill rule still intact there. Yeah, no, but this I like the um like it's it's real. It feels more real here. Like Nolan like has just a very practical, he's very real about everything. Uh so this one it's it's not like Tim Burton's Gotham where you're seeing, you know, all the the crazy look, but there is like still a distinct look to Dude, this Dude, I love Gotham. the arrows. Um, that it doesn't like it doesn't go into the next movie, nope. you know, like, like that in, in dark Knight, it's all just like Manhattan or New York, yeah, it's Chicago, Chicago or New York. Yeah, like, it's like, it's like, why, why did they get rid of that? That was like actually really a really cool part of this that I forgot. I'm like, Oh man, Gotham looked like this with Nolan. And then <laughs> because of rises and in, in dark Knight, I'm like, yeah, that's just gone. It's just normal cityscape. But, um, I loved how he sort of, he still kept that, I don't know what, like, just that fantastical, yeah, just, it, it's not actually a real city. Um, but, yeah, I don't know why they got rid of that uh, moving forward. But um, I, I, I really like the look of it. It's like the city has improved in the last however many years. Um, hmm. But between this, I feel like after watching this one, I the Dark Knight seems to stand out in a way it's never really stand, stood out before. Almost like it's... Not that it's not part of the trilogy, but it seems to be its own kind of thing. Even with yeah. it, it mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot of connection to the League of Shadows. It it kind of just sets apart as like Joker came in, and it's a whole different kind of thing. Oh yeah, you know, Batman Begins and Dark Knight Rises 
you could play those back to back and you wouldn't feel like you're missing a beat. I don't think. Uh, I mean, you, you know, Rachel dies in the dark Knight, which is a big one. You know, that, that does weigh on Bruce for a long fucking time. Um, but even so, I'm pretty sure that in the dark Knight rises, they're just like, yeah, Rachel died. And that's all you kind of need to know. You know, like it's not, <laughs> it's, it's kind of it, you know? And, uh, I do, I do enjoy, uh, I enjoy Katie Holmes a lot. You know, I think that, they they recast with Maggie Gyllenhaal come the Dark Knight, which is uh, I'm I'm not sure why that happened. I'm not sure if it's scheduling conflicts or if they just wanted to go a different direction. But uh, I don't know, man. I enjoy, I enjoy Katie Holmes a whole lot. I always I, have. I think she is the superior Rachel for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly like Maggie Gyllenhaal's Rachel. She uh, at least Maggie Maggie Gyllenhaal's acting reminds me. You guys know that that TikTok uh, chick who does the the spoofs of women written by men in different, in different <laughs> settings. Yeah. Uh, that's what Maggie Gyllenhaal just acts like. Yeah. Um, she also just feels like a completely different character than this. Like there's no, mm-hmm. it feels like there's no history between her and Bruce in that movie, not to get too much into the dark Knight right now, but I just feel like Katie Holmes and um, Christian Bale really actually feel like they have chemistry. It feels like they actually have known each other. That scene where he walks into the kitchen and she's standing there and it's the first time they've seen each other in years feels like mm. they're like picking up where they left off. Yeah. Um, yeah, they just have a much more believable relationship. And I feel like they're, The Dark Knight depends more on their relationship. And I don't think that it delivers in the way that it needs yeah. to for those emotions. This Rachel, I feel like, is way more gung-ho about, like, the justice system and, like, making sure things are right. You know, she's, like, um, I guess maybe in The Dark Knight, she's kind of like that. I feel like she's just kind of in between Bruce and Harvey. Yeah, she's reduced to a love triangle love love Yeah, and that's it. But in this one, it's like, she is the one telling Bruce, like, your father would be ashamed of you right now. Like, Like, she is the one, like, telling Bruce, like, these very, very core like, concepts to Batman, like, and what he, what he becomes. Like, this Rachel is far more important. Um, In her own right, too. She has her own story. She goes off without him. She figures out the whole scarecrow thing by herself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. She actually yeah, seems like, like she does investigating for the DA. Like, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, like, you enjoy your party, yeah. Bruce. Some of us have real jobs and real lives to get to, you know, whatever. And, and you it's know, you have that. Underneath. Yeah. <laughs> it's what I do that defines me. That college humor, like, I swear, like, yes. was, like every time I watch Nolan's movies, I'm always reminded, like, the, whenever he drags the guy up, where are the other drugs going? And, like, I, I'm always thinking of, like, what's going? You know, or, like, yeah, like, you know, he does all the different voices. Yeah, no, but, uh, I love, uh, I, something that is, it's, I've been back and forth on over the years is Bale's Batman voice, you know, that, uh, that sort of, uh, I swear to God, swear to me, you know, like that, uh, that deep guttural, like, I, that's one of my favorite line deliveries in the entire Dark Knight trilogy is swear to me. I think that's a fantastic line and Bale kills it. But, uh, you know, I, I do appreciate that in different situations, he, he employs a different sort of voice, at least in this one. I don't remember that carrying over. Again, to the Dark Knight or Dark Knight Rises, I feel like he always kind of has this thing going on from now on. Uh, but whenever he's talking to Rachel and Gordon, he just kind of does the low whisper thing. You know, he, he does a little bit more of that Keaton Pattinson sort of thing, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, 
I think this is personally, like I said, my favorite, my favorite Christian Batman movie as far as how he does Batman. I think it's, I think he does a great job mm-hmm. in this one. And, uh, he definitely got my favorite performance in this one. Um, I had no doubt about oh, that. Oh yeah. No, I think, I think that's, I was talking about how like you, you hope that the titular character is the performance of the movie like that. The performance, I feel like, yeah, it, that, that hopefully they should. Uh, character, I was, I was going, you know, I think that one's more of like a, a fun, just like a mm-hmm. kind of whoever you're feeling for the movie, you know, but like, I think no one really stacks up to Christian Bale performance wise in the movie. I think he, he does a, a phenomenal job. Like just the training, like all, like I love the Raz al Ghul training stuff. Like I'll get past yeah. the Raz just being a white guy and stuff like that. No, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the part as a kid that I love just all the ninja stuff and like him, like I, I was like wanting to train like him, you know, and I would do, like, I would act like I was in that temple and, and doing his stuff, but, but just the, the actual, like, emotional moments with Rachel, like, in, in the car, like, um, just him going up to, to Falcone, like, just the, the scenes, I don't know, he, he did, um, he did a phenomenal job, like, with all the emotional parts, not just the Batman part, you know, it's just plain Batman, I think, um, as Bruce Wayne, he did, he did a really good job as well. Um, I think so that I, he's- best Bruce Wayne at least that's yeah that's I think it's very it's there's a lot of different things going on there it's like this Bruce Wayne is very opposite from Batman you know it's like he he's playing the billionaire playboy role to the max to make it even more like um there's no way this guy could be Batman you know Mm -hmm. and then you get like Pattinson's Bruce Wayne where it's like I'm still Batman I'm still depressed I'm still like dark and like i don't care and like so it's like they're two different things but i i do kind of like um like him putting on his other mask his bruce mask and like how rachel describes it that way like that uh like this is this isn't him like in in that it is a different character completely not just like the same person but I, i don't know like i'm always back and forth of which one i like better the eccentric billionaire playboy like like Christian Bale does, or like Pattinson's kind of, you don't really get a lot of Bruce Wayne, I guess, with Pattinson, but when you do, it's just kind of like, uh, he's to himself and very secluded and just, no, I, I really enjoy, uh, I think Bale is definitely the best Bruce Wayne. I I think there's, there's very little doubt about that for me. And, uh, the only one, Mm -hmm. again, I know I made a comparison to him and being a bad adaptation, Ben Affleck's a fantastic Bruce Wayne as well. Um, but, uh, that, that part where they're at the restaurant and he's like, uh, they're all talking about Batman. They're like, oh, this guy, you know what, what's, and he, he just kind of ignores it. And then like, they're mm-hmm. like, what do you think, Bruce? And he's like, I mean, any guy who dresses up like a bat and fights crime has got some serious fucking problems. Am I right, guys? <laughs> and they're like, at least we can all agree on that. You know, like that's, uh, I, I love that shit, you know, and, uh, whenever he is leaving and he's covered and he's, he's, wet as fuck and she's like hey you know bruce and he's like ah oh, he's like damn no. i didn't <laughs> no like, i didn't want you to see me like this 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 fucking sucks uh like he yeah. plays that so so well you know and uh mm. the the part at the end whenever ducard shows up at his mansion and he has to dismiss the party and he's like uh thanks for showing up and drinking all my booze no, seriously, you yeah. fucks. 
It's not a joke. You freeloaders, you like yeah. just get out. Like get the fuck out of over. my house. Leave. Yeah, like um that that starts kind of my favorite scene. Like just like that I think is like when the movie like starts to like I guess that's kind of like the beginning of the third act, you know. Yeah, like, Usher's in Roz, the third act for sure. He's he's in Gotham, you know, it's it's all starting, but like it just when the mansion's burning down, you know, and then there he's going down to the Batcave. I like I like all that, but then like the part that happens right after, like the city's going through chaos, no one knows what to do at all. And then you have Loeb like talking to Commissioner Gordon. They finally like start talking to him. He's like, Yeah, it's chaos. Send in everything. Send in SWAT. Send in everything we have. And Loeb's like, Dude, they're all on the island. Like, we don't have anyone. You know, there's no one else. And Gordon's like, Yeah, Gordon's like, Are you telling me I'm all alone? There's no one who's coming to help. And then just, Don't know. You get just the Batman theme. He just jumps across. Like, I was like, Oh my God. Like, I'm like, This. That's it, it. It tripped all the serotonin or mm. dopamine, whatever. Yeah, uh, like I, I can't help but smile in that moment. I'm like, I you know like, what? Uh, That's some was, Batman ass shit. It was pretty yeah. corny, you know. I guess, but oh, so I well, we were talking it. in Batman and Robin, like how campy and stupid everything is, and it's like that's kind of the core of Batman. He just does it in a way that's really, like we said before, feels kind of real. So, like all that campy mm. silliness. Is really kind of rewarding because you've seen him grow into this. Well, and there's that th- there's that line that uh, Ducard delivers when he sees him in his Batman costume for the first time, and is like, "Wow, you took my theatricality advice a bit literally, didn't you? Not yeah. uh, like uh, <laughs> that's uh, they deploy humor really well in this movie. Oh, they do. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No, and even uh, in that scene right there, you know, he's trapped under the log. You know, and Alfred comes up to him and he's like. You telling me all those bloody push-ups and you can't lift a log or out of telling me all no. these bloody push-ups. Yeah, <laughs> Michael, the... Kane's, Michael Kane's oh, voice. Come <laughs> on, man. Yeah, Alfred, just the okay. staple of every Batman movie there is. No matter how shitty the Batman movie is, the Alfred's always always just up to the gold standard it seems. Um I Michael feel like Kane's, it's peak Alfred. This I mean, this is the Alfred I I if I'm thinking of Alfred in my head, it's Michael Kane. Like this yeah. is He's my Alfred. And that's, I don't, I have him in there for character just because I love this Alfred staple of Batman. And I remember for the other Batman movies, I'm like, Alfred will always be my character in every Batman movie. Um, but I think this one is actually like, I th- I think I'll go with Batman for like the actual character, like the origin story, like the actual mm. story that was told of Batman. I love Alfred. I love the joke. Or it's not even really a joke, but like, I, I do really think like, they are just a really nice cherry on top of every Batman movie. But this one was, I think I, I can't really give it to anyone other than, than mm. Batman for, for both here. Um, no, I love that. I love that. Claire, what about you? Your favorite, uh, your favorite performance and character was your favorite performance. Also Christian Bale. Yeah. I'm going to say Christian Bale for performance. Definitely. Um, and I think actually for this one character, I'm going to go with Rachel. Love uh, it like her i like her a lot in this one i wish that she was in the next one but i wonder if yeah. dark knight was when she was getting out of scientology all right yeah katie holmes has been through a lot yeah she uh i remember there's that there's a really really weird interview with tom cruise have you guys ever seen that where he's talking about how much he loves katie holmes another one scientologist um oh well, tom cruise is still a scientologist uh but it's 
like my dad was my dad showed me this video because I watched uh I'm watching all the Mission Impossible movies in anticipation of the new one. And I, I've never watched them because I'm not a big Tom Cruise fan. Uh just just not a not a big fan of the guy. Um and he showed me a clip of an interview. I can't remember what, what show it was on, but they were talking about Katie Holmes and he like got up on like a, a couch and like was jumping up and down and was like, Oh, I love Katie Holmes. I love Katie Holmes. And it was like, my dad was like, this was when I knew this dude wasn't like, okay. In the head. Mm. Uh, it was like years ago. It's just so bizarre. Uh, really weird but, situation, really bad situation. Yeah. I, I love me some Katie Holmes though. She's fantastic. You know, uh, another role that I always think of with her, which is hilarious because it's so minor. She's in like one episode of how I met your mother. <laughs> uh, yeah. She's in one episode of how I met your mother and she plays a character called the slutty pumpkin. <laughs> where she dresses up in a uh, a pumpkin pumpkin costume for Halloween, where the eyes are cut out around her boobs, <laughs> so like that's that's what makes it a slutty Halloween costume. And uh, she plays just like one of those love interests that Ted, the main character, is like always been like he's always longed for her. He met her ten years ago at Halloween, and he's been looking for her ever since. And he finally meets her, and they just do not click. And it's very very funny because Katie Holmes is hilarious. Um, yeah, I just I was reading it. Just apparently, it was her decision not to come back. She said she just wanted to explore other options, and she felt that it wasn't right at the time. Um, but then there's also a lot of like what the real reason is of why yeah. she didn't return. So I don't know if that's yeah, true right. or it could Maybe. all just be speculation for the other stuff. But hey, I yeah. don't know if that was when she was going through the divorce too. Mm. It was just like very public. Mm. Yeah, a lot going on for her in the late. 2000s that was a that was a big big period of time for her and celebrity but but glad rachel's getting a, a character nod though oh, she deserves like it. out of this movie because like she is kind of like I, if if there is a father figure for for bruce it's gordon you know right now he, it's the one he kind of goes to you know to he, even like standing right outside his apartment whatever but then if there is a a mother it's not really a mother figure more of just their they're siblings, like almost, you know, kind of like a they they know each other. It's who to go to. It's Rachel. Like Rachel is his rock. She's the know? girl next like, door. She's yeah. And like, um, which Katie Holmes basically invented in Dawson's Creek. So right, right. For that, but yeah, the, their relationship feels believable, and I feel like even in superhero movies in general, any kind of romantic relationship feels very. Either to the side, a subplot, something that doesn't really feel mm. like they're just adding it in because they need to have a romantic subplot. Theirs feels like we thought about this. We thought yeah. about why you might have this connection. And like she is responsible for a lot of the gift. Yeah, she's yeah. responsible for a lot of, you know, what he believes as a superhero. So she's important in this one, at least. No, I love that. That's a, that's a great character nod. You know, I think that, uh, and like I said, I'm, I'm with you. I do think Katie Holmes is my preferred Rachel and uh, she does, she does fantastic in this movie, man. And uh, there's that quite the trip through that, that horror, you know, when she was riding to Bruce, like the bat cave, right. Going the cops, like, he's like, just like, okay. She does <laughs> like, she knows Batman's a thing at that point, but like in, in her mind, she went to an insane asylum. She saw that like, Oh, they're, they're putting all these drugs and whatever. She gets hit with Scarecrow's, you know, whatever gas. And then, like, just, it's a super concentrated dose. 
she's already like passing out in the building there. Like she's seen Scarecrow and is already scared and like everything. But then like she kind of regains consciousness in the Batmobile, looks over, sees Batman flying at like, and they're flying at, like two hundred miles an hour. He's like, try to remain calm. And she's like, <laughs> what the? You know, it's like what? Like holy shit! Like just stay with me. You know, like it just it, it had to have been the worst trip of all time. Like that, there's I I couldn't imagine that uh that road trip. And just that ride that she went on, yeah, it was was terrible. But uh, I don't know. I, I love I, I the lo- part whenever she's like following Crane through the courthouse, mm-hmm. and like her trying to confront him, and then him being like, "Oh, Mister District Attorney, mm-hmm. you know, you better get a hold on this woman." Uh, like, uh, and she's just like this motherfucker. Like, I, I just love me some Rachel, man. She's a uh, she's, she's a great like, character. In this. She's really a threat to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, 100. Like, Carmine Falcone is putting a fucking hit on her head. You yeah. know, like, that's it's no fucking joke. She's, what, 30 at that point? Yeah, can't be can't be much, because apparently Bruce Wayne's turning 30, which I yeah, don't know I how much that is. I was like, oh, my God, I thought he was so children. Yeah, I'm like, I don't believe Christian Bale is a 30-year-old man in this. I feel like he's just a little older than that. But maybe that's just because, I don't know, we, we fast approach the age of 30, and <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't like a... I don't like thinking that I'm the same age as Christian Bale at, at one point, you know, Christian Bale's always been so much older than me. I don't like thinking about that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, with like the 30 balloons in the background, I was like, no fucking way, man. There's, yeah, never just don't buy that. Uh, yeah. but, yeah. uh, now nah, Rachel's a great choice. I actually ended up going with, uh, Lucius Fox. Love, oh, love me. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. I and that's the thing is that you know you were thinking about going with Alfred. You went with yeah, Rachel. You go with I Alfred with now. You know. Yeah, now right. that We have like a Rachel and Lucius. Maybe we just get the trifecta of the supporting Dude, the supporting cast. Yeah. The, the the time they took to explore it and give them a meaningful relationship to Bruce mm-hmm. is something that pays off in a way that I don't think we've really had with a lot of other superhero movies. You know, it's like a- the only other thing I can think of is kind of like maybe Spider Man with. Mary Jane and Aunt May and and stuff like that. Like that's that might be the only other mm. case. Uh, yeah. Even like Superman seventy eight doesn't do a doesn't do as good a job. You know, uh, Ma and Pa Kent are kind of non existent in that movie. Like uh, I know Lois gets a lot of exploration, but that's about it. You know, uh, there's right, not a lot. Yeah. Of- These yeah. are some side characters that are really prominent like, and really cool. Like it's it's cool. Like you feel more like in on their circle. Like, mm-hmm. sort of thing. Like, it's, like, the the circle's so small. And, like, you have Lucius, the sci- the brainiac science yeah. guy that can do anything in a lab. You have Alfred that's You just don't been- tell me what you're doing. I can't. I, I don't oh. have to lie. Yeah, like, don't yeah. think of me as an idiot. Or, like, I'm not dumb. But don't don't take me for an idiot. Like, oh, yeah, Morgan. And he goes, like, didn't you get the memo? Like, didn't you get the memo? Oh, that scene is so good. The- I took oh, your job. Like, the- Whoever, yeah, who is the, yeah, uh, that piece of shit. Earl? Is that his name? Yeah, Earl. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he fires Fox, you know, and he's like, yeah. that's how we fire, you know, or like, don't get the memo. That's how he fires him. But then also at the mansion before it gets burned down, he's like, you know, don't worry. Uh, it's all a little technical through foundations and whatever, but the main thing is that the future of your company is secure. You know, so like our company, our company. 
Oh yeah. Oh, even better. Like that's gets, what Christian oh, Bale calls back to. He's like, yeah. my company. He gets the double whammy. Like, it, yeah. like he, he gets it from Bruce being like, Oh, didn't you, you know, like it's all a little technical, whatever, but you know, yeah. And then, and didn't then you get the box. Yeah. It's like, just, Oh, it felt it's so good. So yeah, you're fucking fired, that dude. Yeah. That's just the, how you know him. that the characters were built up well, because that's a character who has like five minutes of screen time. Right. This moment is so cathartic and so great to see. that. Yeah. Really good ensemble cast, I would say. Yeah. Well, and we haven't even mentioned Killian Murphy Scarecrow, dude. That's true. Yeah, he's fucking incredible in this movie. Not to mention that Killian Murphy is potentially at his most gorgeous ever in this he's movie. That man's fucking beautiful. Um, Looking like, I mean, he's a little. It's an interesting role. This one, like he he has to play like this villain, but also a little crazy as well. You know, like you have the the sense that he like. He's been given him, like, he's, I don't know, like, what to think, because he can, like, sort of withstand his own stuff. Like, he knows what's going to happen. I guess. Maybe he just knows it so well that he knows what's going to happen. Like, he's afraid at first, but then he's like, uh, Dr. Crane isn't here right now, or whatever, you know, like, he starts to go into that, and it's like... Oh, I think that's, that's shock. Like, I think that's straight up, like, you I'm not even in my own head right now, bro. Like, Dr. Oh, Crane okay. is not here, don't talk, because that's my favorite shot, is, uh... My favorite shot in the movie is whenever Crane gets dosed with his scarecrow gas and he's mm-hmm. seeing Batman the way oh, that, that he sees sick. him. And that, like, all that's black, gross, like, gooey, dude, disgusting. Like, yeah. oh. uh, I just, I think that's incredible because that's practical work. That's incredible makeup and incredible, like, mm-hmm. scary, you know, like, genuinely frightening. And that's something that I think this movie reckons with in such a compelling way is, like, the fear and the stuff that is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and Scarecrow, I mean, like, there's no, there's not a better villain to explore that with than with Scarecrow. And, uh, like, my favorite, like, what probably is my favorite line delivery in this movie is from Killian Murphy. And it's not my favorite line, I don't think. It might be. But my favorite line delivery is whenever they are, uh, they're, like, in an alley. And then Batman, like, the the lights go down. And he's like, oh, he's here. Uh, you know and he's like he's like kind of horned up for him you know like it almost feels like sensual almost he's like he's here he's like really he's he's like excited and like titillated almost like i love that shit it's a it's a very good very good line read by killian murphy there and uh, a lot of good line readings in this movie oh so many so many goodies he's he's like it's not convenient and he like hits that t at the end i remember yeah childhood watching this movie i don't know why but dude yeah he's that man's a fantastic actor which is uh like i'm so glad we got to watch him in oppenheimer last week yes far in advance uh what's funny is we're about to recording time we're about to start our christopher nolan yeah director spotlight next week but we get a like soft preview with Batman Begins, you know, like it's uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's nice, a nice and that lined up. But yeah, love them in Oppenheimer. Oh my God, was this performance? Oh God, Killian Murphy was so, so good in that. So, he was so great, Claire. Thank you so much for joining us earlier this week on Barbie. That was awesome. That was such oh a great God. episode. I mean, the movie of the year, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No. <laughs> Yeah, this is uh it's 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 all coming at a very fun time for us here. Uh the Batman yeah. Begins episode. Um but uh yeah, no, Killian Murphy was fantastic in this movie. Very uh flies under the radar when you talk about the uh the Batman 
Dark Knight trilogy villains. Yeah. You know, you people point to Heath Ledger, they point to Bane, uh, they point to Tom Hardy, but like he's, I think he's right there with uh, Harvey Dent. You know, like the, those two performances, they fly under the radar because you know you got Joker in the Dark Knight with Two Face, so people don't go to Two Face mm-hmm. as much. But that performance is incredible, and I think Killian Murphy's right True. there, man. And he flies under the radar because of Ra's al Ghul and all the shit that happens there. Like it's, uh, it's just, uh, he's one of the most compelling parts of this movie. And when yeah, he returns, he's a villain than Ra's al Ghul, I would say. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. But uh, when he returns in The Dark Knight Rises, when the city's fallen into chaos and he's like the judge residing over everything, <laughs> oh no, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, him like riding through the what's what's the. The Narrows? Yeah, that's what it was yeah. called. Like, riding through the Narrows, like, on a horse. Like, <laughs> screaming or, like, ma- like, I forgot what he says, but it was, like, I don't know, that was just bad. At- like, that was just... I, I, just, like- I also <laughs> love this dude just... Yeah, I was gonna say, I like, this dude just has a horse. He's just like, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride through the streets tonight on a horse. They never address how he got the horse. Maybe he owns it, maybe he doesn't. I don't know, maybe he just stole it from somewhere. I don't know. I, Gotham doesn't strike Chaos. me as the, the like horse... horse. Yeah. Just chaos. You don't know what to expect. They let Arkham loose. You know, all those aside, all those guys are just <laughs> loose. There could have been there's a horse. You know, one of my favorite. There's one of my favorite pieces of like stage fighting ever when they're about to let Arkham loose. Mm. It's just one little, one little shot, one little cutaway, um, where it's just a couple of Raz's goons. They walk up to the dude who controls like Arkham security. And they just fucking thwack the guy. Like, one punch. Just, like, the hardest stage punch I've ever seen in my life. I can't believe... It happens at the same time that Ducard's speaking to Bruce in his manner. Like, it, it's like his whole uh, plan is about to take into effect and everything. And they're showing everything going. It's going the way it's going. And these dudes walk right up to this guy and just one punch drop his ass. And it's the, it's one of the best pieces of stage fighting I've ever seen. It's hilarious. Every time I watch it, I get a little kick out of it because they just knock the shit out of that guy. Man, Um, I'm not remembering it, but I'm trying to, No, it doesn't stand out. I noticed it. Like I noticed it like a few years ago and ever since I can't not notice it. Every time I see it, I think it's so fucking funny. Like I wouldn't expect anyone to know exactly what I'm talking about. It's just, uh, that specific moment always makes me giggle a little bit and I absolutely adore it. But, uh, <laughs> uh, there, there's a lot of really, I like the kinetic action in this movie. I have, uh, I have my qualms with the editing of action sequences in the dark Knight trilogy. And I think that this one, you know, there's a purpose to it. You know, when he first drops down and he like uh, he he fights for the first time in his bat suit, and you never get a good look at him because they don't get a good look at him. Mm. So it's 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 elusive, and there's like a rhythm to it. Each cut comes after like a certain amount of time, and it's like I get it, but I'm like, hey man, if you're gonna do a fight scene, I'd just I'd like to see it. You know, that'd be cool. Yeah, um, like you can you can portray the idea that they're not seeing him well, but. We're the viewer, you know, like, right. We, let's just like, I mean, in Pattinson, whenever he came out, we saw him in suit for the first time. It was slow. Bonk. Yeah. Bonk. Yeah. Bonk. And then you, and then you just see him wail on a guy, you know, we're, we're all looking at that, you know, like that's, that's an introduction there of Batman. But I think that it's, it's just different, you know, handled differently. It's like, oh yeah, uh, they have to, 
you know, he's using fear like that. Like I love, I always love that, that story, like part of the story for Batman, like how fear is a tool and how, like how I could. Why a bat, Master Bruce? Because bats frighten me. Yeah. I'm my enemies. Or like, Share yeah. my dread. Yeah. What a. He overestimates how scary bats are. I'm like, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> Although he has a whole oh. army in this one. I never really clocked that. that he right, has- right. I'm like, why does he never use that again? That's He's so- like Ant Man with the fucking ants, what? you know. Never see them again. And like, he, he had a little thing in his boot that like yeah, made the, the signal noise that attracted them. them all. But like, but he was like kind of sitting there, like concentrating real hard for a second. Like you also had like he, he was like you had the idea that like that thing was calling them, but like he also had some control like in his brain somehow. Like I don't know, it, like at least it's what it like. Seemed to yeah, come no. off as like he no, was dude. really unless unless he's just waiting for like the dramatic timing of it all because like he does play stuff up to be theor- like, yeah, the theatrical, the theatrical, uh, the theatricality yeah. of it. He needed yeah. to wait for the perfect time for him to jump down and then land as Gordon is at the bottom of the steps. Oh, well, like when he changes the signal so that they all do a different thing. Yeah, like that's that's like, fucking cool, right? man. This happened. Right, like the fact that he, uh, like that's also them, like, yeah, right. Like, is it just a certain frequency that like only bats can hear? So they all just like kind of fly towards it. So he's like, this bat should come when I do this. Let's see. You know, I don't question it. I just yeah, know he has some control over him. I fucking love it though. Yeah, yeah that's that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Uh, <laughs> whenever his theme kicks in for the first time is during that moment oh. is whenever he flies down in oh. the bats. Like that shit's, mm-hmm. that's fucking cool. Um, yeah, Hans Zimmer did did his thing once I again. love me some Hans Zimmer. Oh yeah, always love me some Hans Zimmer. Um, yeah, I love uh, the bats. That, that's I think that's my favorite. Sh- my shot was either the one of him jumping down like through all the bats, or whenever he's like finding the bat cave for the first time, Dude, and then gorgeous. and then those bats all start to fly, and he just you know slowly stands up with them. You know, he's like not afraid of them anymore, and he's just standing there as they're all just just flying around him. Um, I think that I'll probably go with that one because it's more great. You get the cave. Like the back right. cave and the foundation in the background, which is really cool. Uh, so if I had to pick one, I'd go with that one. But I don't know. I like I, every that. time bats were in it, like actually pretty sick. Like, yeah, I wonder why cool. they just decided not to like have that as an option in his tool bag anymore. Uh, maybe it's just because it was already done. And they, you know, didn't want to repeat. Like, we're not doing that again. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, now that, well, they also rebuild the bat cave going forward. So maybe like they just don't have the bats there. They're just like, you know, be free, my friends. Go do, go Let do them what all you go. Will. Yeah, yeah. He, no, he's, but, uh, take take their home. He's like, just go find a different cave. This one's yeah, on yeah, right. <laughs> now, I uh, there there's there's a lot to like about this movie. Another one of the shots that I almost went with was when he entered the cave before the bats even got to him, or that he even got to the bats. Like the moment he steps in, I I've had this idea in my head that you know Christopher Nolan's a talented filmmaker. There's no doubt. Um. But I I only have a few of his movies where I'm like, oh, I actually I actively really really like this. Most of them, just kind of, I watch them and I'm like, yeah, it was solid. Go and I'll move on, you know. And because uh, part of that is that I've always had it in my head that he's kind of visually uh, dull, 
there's not a lot that mm. I, I enjoy looking at when I'm watching a Christopher Nolan movie. But this movie was a little different than that in a lot of regards. There were a lot of moments whenever I was watching where I was like, God damn, that's a pretty shot. And uh, one of them was as soon as he entered the cave, it was just really dramatically lit. And he was like silhouetted with like a the the like little bit of sunshine, sunshine kind of like trimming him, which was it was a very, very pretty shot. And, uh, mm. and like I said, this one's better than a lot of his movies in that regard, but it's still. There, there are a lot of moments where I'm like, I don't know, man. You probably could have made that look a little bit better, in my opinion. Um, yeah, he's. But... It's definitely a, a polar opposite of you know, like a. Well, I don't know, I'm we're coming off fresh of a Wes Anderson movie, so I mean, it's definitely like you know, you get that <clears throat> visual sense in in one movie, and this, right. you know, Nolan's way more in the the realism, the the dark, gritty, you know, ness of of Gotham and and everything, which. You know, I think is, I I think it works well for his movies. I think it does give them like a a, a sense of legitimacy a little more than like, um, if it were to be like a Tim Burton kind of Gotham. Like even his Narrows, even though they lost that from, um, into like the Dark Knight, I still think like it was still real enough mm-hmm. where like it oh, wasn't yeah. it wasn't like oh that's Tim Burton style. That was like oh right. no that could have been like that's just a really shitty damn, that would suck to live there, you know, like that. It's just uh, pretty real. So I, I think uh, it works for his movies, um, but it would be interesting to to maybe see, like, I think because it's so real, they lose focus on, like, oh, maybe let's set the camera up here to make it look beautiful, mm. even though, like, it is still real what you're seeing, but, like, maybe we could shoot it in a in a better way or something like that. Yeah, um, it looks very muddy and kind of dark. Yeah, no, there's a, the director of photography on this one was, uh, Wally Fister, who is, was his cinematographer from Memento through Dark Knight Rises. Every movie he did, uh, he did The Prestige, he did, uh, Batman Begins, he did The Dark Knight, he did, uh, Inception, uh, like he did all those. And I think that kind of makes sense. You know, there's been a, I feel like there's been a shift visually in Christopher yeah. Nolan from Interstellar on where it is a little, there's a little bit of a different yeah. thing going on. Hmm. Um, so it makes sense that he had uh, one cinematographer for all these movies, because I feel like the, the visual language of them is pretty consistent. Um, and I, you know, I don't, I don't actively not enjoy it. It's just that I don't, I don't enjoy it. It's just kind of there, you know, it's just kind of yeah. presented to me. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I'd prefer, I'd prefer to really like it, you know, but it is what it is. Yeah, I guess the enjoyment's just coming from different places, you know, yeah. like, it's, it's like, I'm seeing Batman on screen do Batman things. That's, that's like, it, it, I don't really care how it shot, it would be very, very nice if it was shot well, but like, it doesn't need to be for me to actually still have fun with it, you know, like, I'm, right. Batman could just say anything and i'm i'm gonna like it um you know pretty much automatically that's, what, that's why i like you know matt reeves the batman i was like pretty consistently i was watching this the movie last night and going ah man this could have this could have looked a lot better couldn't it have you know like a that movie is shot pretty well huh yeah. there's, so, there's so many shots that you just remember from that movie i can think mm-hmm. of so many off the top of my head and i'm like oh that's so beautiful i can't really even before i watched it again i was like i don't remember any specific shot i remember specific scenes i remember specific lines i like i remember specific line readings but in terms of shots i was like 
Usually I go into these movies having an idea of what my favorite shot is, but I really didn't. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one, I like, uh, even the shot I went with, it's not because of the composition of the shot or the, the way that it looks. It's literally just because of the way Batman looks in that moment. You know, I'm like, yeah. that's kind of gnarly. That's that's I cool, guess, you know? Yeah, my shot's even more for, like, the moment of, like, Bruce standing up with his bats in the cave. It's more of, like, the moment and not that... Because, like, the shot itself, the freeze frame, like, it's not really that pretty looking. It's just a shit ton of bats everywhere. You can barely see anything. You can see right. the cave behind all the bats and stuff. So it's, like, not really visually that great. But, but no, I love it. Like, I, I every time it, it comes up, it makes, it makes you know, I know I'm not Batman at all. But, like, do, while I'm watching, I'm like, yeah, I could do, I could, I could be Yeah, Batman. I could, I could be you know, like, I, I could so be Batman. I just got to have just my, Everyone I don't know. can wear the mask. Yeah. You could wear the mask. <laughs> but full Miles Morales. No. I uh no, nah, all in all though, like I know we've we we have our fair share of gripes with the movie, but I ultimately I do really enjoy it. You know, I I think this is uh you know, it is interesting to think about where it compares to other Batman movies so far for me. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I think it I think it stacks up to the best, you know. I think that if Batman Mask of Phantasm is kind of our gold standard of Batman movies so far, it's it's easily the best live action Batman movie so far. Yeah, you know, Batman, Batman Returns, Forever, and Batman and Robin. I have no doubt that this is the best Batman movie so far. Yeah, um, it is. It is one hundred percent closer. I don't know if it is on the same. I think it could be very well on the same level as Mask of Phantasm, but it is way closer to that than it is the next closest, which I think is Batman Returns. No, Batman Forever. Looks like is our our highest enjoyment actually, mm. uh, but that one I guess just makes sense. Like uh, that's just purely. Uh, oh wait, am I getting them mixed up? No, forever is the next highest. You got that right. Yeah. Okay. Um. But I mean, it is. This is probably my favorite Batman movie that we've covered so far. If if mm. I had to choose, like it's it's between this or Mask of Phantasm, um, and they're both just incredibly different, like, so different, vein, like, opposite ends of the spectrum for Batman movies. Like, right. well, animated, completely, you know, like, just, Mask of Phantasm, very short as well, and, you know, like, not even, like, that long of a movie. Like, it's just very contained, very, like, much more of a character piece, that one, yeah. I feel like. Literally is, almost um, half the runtime. An hour and fifty, yeah. uh, an hour wow. and fifteen minutes, seventy-five minutes compared to an a uh, hundred and forty minutes mm-hmm. in Batman Begins. Like it's, but pretty, but of the ones I'd, we've covered so far, I think it'd be its best comparison. You yeah. know, like and I wonder uh, how much my childhood is like in my nostalgia is kind of like getting into this because this was the Batman. You know, Bale was the Batman I grew up with. You know, if it's animated, it was it. Uh, oh my god. Kevin Conroy. Thank you. Wow, that's so sad. Yeah, Kevin Conroy. It was if it's animated or if I'm hearing Batman, I was hearing Kevin Conroy playing the games, doing whatever. But if I was if I was watching Batman, like it was it was Christian Bale. I was watching Dark Knight over and over and over. Like just- I'm actually in a completely different boat. Um, I didn't get to Christian Bale's Batman until I was older. Um, mm. I I watched Kilmer and Clooney. And wow. Adam West and the animation. That was like my, my childhood Batman That's because crazy. that was, I was like, those, that was the Batman for kids, really. You know, like it was, That's true. that was who it was yeah. for. Um, I didn't watch, uh, I didn't watch The Dark Knight until I was, uh, until I was 18. Really? 
Yeah. Wow. It took me a long time to get around to it, which allowed me to view it with a, a I think, a, a little bit mature, a little bit more mature brain. I'm not blinded mm-hmm. by, by nostalgia with the Nolan Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, I guess it's not um, even really nostalgic because I wonder how old I actually was. Because, like, I never. Batman, I played the games and stuff, but, like, I think I was just so much more into Spider-Man that I just really never watched a lot of, like, the old Batman stuff, like, whenever it was out. And mm-hmm. then, because Dark Knight, like, I remember watching it a lot with my brother, but, like, I, I bet I was actually older than I think I was. Like, Right. Because um, it came out when we were eight. Yeah. And, yeah, I was probably, I was older than eight. I mean, I probably watched when- it around then, but I feel like... It came out in 2008. My young teen years was definitely, like, Bale, like, dominant. Mm-hmm. Like, it, that's when I, I started getting into Christian Bale for Batman. Um, no, I remember uh, I was I was at college with, uh, with my roommate Tillman, who has joined us on numerous occasions for several things. Um, and we were talking about superhero movies because we had, we had like a black Panther poster on our wall. We absolutely loved that movie. And we were, uh, we were talking about superhero movies that we wanted to see, but haven't yet. And I was like, I haven't watched the dark Knight," And he just like flipped on me and turned it on and was like, you're fucking watching it right now. And I was very glad I did, you know, and, uh, it led me to watch Batman begins and, and the dark Knight mm-hmm. rises and stuff. And, uh, uh, I, I adore, I adore these movies, man. I don't, uh, I, I don't associate them with my childhood the way I do Batman Forever and Batman and Robin and mm-hmm. Spider Man and all these other movies, but uh, I, I can I can view them in a way that you know I, uh, reminds me of a different time in my life, and I, I really do appreciate him for that for that reason. And uh, Batman Begins, you know, I think that I, it, I'll need to rewatch the trilogy. It's been a while since I've rewatched this trilogy, but uh, off the gut feeling it probably is my favorite i don't think it's the best but i think it might be my favorite of this trilogy yeah, yeah. for that's bat like batman i think yeah. that's an important distinction as a batman movie this is the best best portrayal or like work of batman that's done uh the other movies are probably better in the sense that they just feel a little more complete like mm. with just how great the villains are played like i mean right. that they just Heath Ledger is just, I mean, and Har- like you're right, Harvey gets pushed to the side because of Heath Ledger, but they are both like incredibly done. Um, and I mean, yeah, the same for here though. Like the the villains were done well um, here, and but Batman is still the strength of the movie. Like even though the villains are done well, so um, I don't know if it's the first one I would go to to watch out of the trilogy. Like if if I was just gonna go watch a Batman movie, probably still gonna be The Dark Knight. It's just because I'm just most comfortable with that one, mm. um, and I just I can I swear I like I know every line. Like the window that blows up at the beginning, like the that they put the freaking shoot to go across the roof. It's like it's oh, like yeah. this slow shot of like a skyscraper, and it slowly zooms in, and it like. I know the window from, like, immediately because me and my brother would literally, like, try to guess the window, like, right. before and, like, put our finger on the TV. And so – but eventually it just got to the point after we watched it 800 times that we know the window. But, like right. – so I think, like, I go back to Dark Knight first just because of that. But this one, like, was a very pleasant – like, I was like, wow, I, I like this a lot more than I thought I would. You know, like, maybe this mm. becomes the comfort Batman movie. I'm, I don't know. 
Um, but I'll have to give Dark Knight a rewatch uh, to to officially say that. But, but yeah, no, I, I do like it, though. I, I like the best Batman movie of the trilogy, but maybe not the best overall. Yeah. Um, I think this movie, too, really kind of reshaped the superhero genre in general after this. I mean, I think a lot of the superhero movies we have now owe itself to Nolan's vision here and, and the grittiness of it and the more grounded realism of this movie than other movies. Like, I was thinking of Winter Soldier a lot when I was watching this one. Oh, yeah. No, it's certain it beyond, yeah, I was going to say just beyond Batman, you know, like, a. It obviously recontextualized Batman and it recontextualized a lot of what people expect of superhero movies in sometimes for the good. And a lot of times, in my opinion, for the bad, um, people are like, Oh, I want my movies to be realistic. Like Nolan's Batman movies. And I'm like, no, fuck, you know, like, I'm like, that's, that's, that's fine. You know, you can like what you like, but it doesn't make a movie bad to be fantastical. You know, it doesn't make a movie automatically bad because, oh, this just isn't quite believable. There's all sorts of shit in these movies. That's not quite believable, man. Like, uh, that's science. Yeah. Like Lucius Fox makes. I'm like, you did what? You're watching a superhero movie to begin with. You're going in. This bothers me, man. And that, that, but that's the thing is that it's influenced a lot of people's tastes, like a whole generation's taste, I would argue. Like there's a lot of people who, you know, it was the reason that when Zack Snyder came around, a lot of people glommed onto him because it was this dark, grittier feel. It was kind of a, not a continuation of Nolan by any means. It was still, I would say it's still more fantastical than Nolan, but they, they were like, uh, oh, it's that dark, gritty feeling that I've been looking for since the Nolan trilogy, and we just haven't gotten back to. Um, and it's, it's, you know, I think that it has its place, and I'm glad that it exists in many regards. That's why the, I think it's part of why the Batman is as good as it is, you know? Uh, and that's that's my comfort Batman movie, you know? Uh, that's that's my favorite one. But, uh, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of room for a lot of different types of movies, and I think that... Uh, mm. I think this is as fantastical as the Nolan trilogy gets, which is why I think it's probably my favorite. You know, like it, it, it is a little bit more out there. It has those notes of horror that the other movies don't quite. Yeah, and that's uh, true. I, I think, think that, that. that makes it a lot of fun. Um, it's just, I, I think this one, I think more so than any, either of the other movies, I can call this one fun, which yeah, I, I don't I think. I think it has a cast that's a lot more cohesive than the other two movies. Hmm. I think this, the entire ensemble comes together and like no one is badly cast in this right. movie. And I can't say that about the other two. I think that the other two have notable great casts and notable terrible casts. This one right. I think is, a, is much more of an ensemble piece. Yeah, now, every, everyone's doing well. Yeah. Up, you know, there's like right, no right. anything else. Hmm. Yeah, I guess this is, it's probably, I wonder if it's harder or easier to like do the origin movie. Of, like, a superhero. Right. If, right. like, uh, because I would, like, I think the world was built and they, like, maybe they wanted, like, maybe they knew Joker was gonna, like, they really wanted to wait to do Joker and, like, they wanted to wait for the second movie for after the world has been built and, like, maybe that's why Dark Knight just is so, just, it just goes yeah, well because the world you hit the round you hit the ground running with that yeah. one for sure um but this i don't know i feel like it's it's kind of harder because like you have to you have to build that world it's uh, at grand, first. you man. have to like do everything yeah it's like it's and, and the fact that everyone is doing so well in their role like you're right like this one it's every character is is doing very well like and they feel like 
like Alfred and Rachel and Bruce, like the small little family that they have, like, and it just like, it, it works so well in the movie. And, and then like you get Fox being kind of brought in, you know, like, yeah, well, I didn't know who else to call. I have, you know, he just, it was just standing there in the background, I guess, while Bruce was waking up, you know, like waiting to walk in all creepy, like, but I don't know, like it just this small little family. Um, and they I all, yeah. I can watch a whole movie of like Lucius and Alfred just like hanging out. And, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, Michael Caine and Morgan Freeman. Yeah, I, just give me, give me more of that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, just a an Alfred and Lucius. Yeah, like little shorts or something, like a little spinoff. Just doing normal, just going off. Yeah, like haven't you know? Because Batman, we always see what Batman does, but like we 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 hear what he tells Alfred to do, but we never actually see Alfred do the thing. You know, like Alfred has to do a whole lot. Like Alfred's busy, and he's. Also a butler on top of that. He's also like making sure, yeah, like he's he's making his food. He like he's doing all he's doing everything. Alfred is a king. Yeah, no, I'm not mad about switching back to Alfred uh, for my character now. Like, no, I'm I'm definitely switching back to him uh, for character. Good choice. It's a good choice. Alfred, he's I think he's the most consistent element of the trilogy. Um, like uh as far as the character who doesn't waver at all, as far as characterization or presence, I feel like, uh, he's always there and he's always good at what he's doing, you know? And, uh, yeah. I mean, he's the one that gets me to cry in rise. I think it's, yeah. That's the most, Oh my gosh, dude. Like I, I, that's the one where Michael Caine might get a performance nod later in the, is that in the mansion when it's all like, and he's like crying himself on the stairwell. Dude, yeah. In that movie. Oh, man, yeah, he's yeah, he's fucking good Incredible. in that. He's he's fucking great yeah. in this whole trilogy. You know, mm. uh, Michael Caine's a, he's just a fantastic actor. But uh, let's see what what else we got. Do we have any more favorites to dole out, or is yeah, it uh... in character? Um, I think we've all done scene. I think my line. Uh, I don't think any of us have said our line yet. I've okay. alluded to mine, but I don't know if I'm actually going with it. But uh, yeah, I don't think any of us. Let's we'll start with yet. Claire then. What's a, what do you think your favorite line of the movie is? I always do this. I have two, um, but I will say my first favorite, and then if no one says my other one, then I'll say that one. Um, so my favorite line is a line that I think kind of sums up what the entire trilogy is kind of saying about Batman, and it's when um, Bruce is coming out of the hotel and he's all dripping wet, and then Rachel's coming in. And it's the line where she tells him, what exactly does she say? Um, it's not who you are underneath, it's what you do that defines you. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the a lot of the time in the whole trilogy, he's getting that feedback of, like, I need to be a symbol, I need to be more than a person, I need to be a legend. But I think what the trilogy does is kind of unmask that and show who he actually is. And that's based on what he does. It's not about what he really... It's not about, you know, who anyone thinks that he is. It's about what he actually is. And I mm-hmm. love that it comes back to something that Rachel said to him so early on in his journey. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And the, like that, that kind of does define the journey he eventually goes on is him, you know, at the end, whenever she's like holding his face and she's like, maybe maybe you'll get back to that. That is the journey the character goes on is yeah. by the end of the trilogy being comfortable just being Bruce Wayne, you know, like that's uh, and I love that they set that up so cohesively in this first movie. I love that Joker in the next one is, like, really pushing against that because he has a story that keeps evolving. You know, he's telling you a lot of different things about who he is. Um, And so I just like that idea of, like, you are what you do. 
Yeah, oh, no, I, I like that a lot. There. That, that's going to be a fun one to talk about. Um, but man, Rachel just really delivered a lot of the good lines She's of good. this movie. She's good um, character, man. She did it was really well too because she'd be like berating him, but she's not yelling at him. She's very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Letting like okay. letting her letting Bruce know clearly how she thinks. Like it's not up in the air. It's like very clear. Like and I have my. I didn't know if I was going to go with Alfred for my character, so I had a line just in case, so I would make sure I had something Alfred. And it was the whenever the logs on top of him, <laughs> and he just says, "You know, what's the point of all the bloody push-ups?" Um, but I think my actual favorite line of the movie is either the first time uh, after the court case, and Bruce was like, "Yeah, I was going to kill him." He like revealed that he had the gun, and then Rachel slaps him twice and is like, "Your father would be ashamed of you." Either that one, because like the delivery was so good, and then, like, seeing Christian bit, like, just... Yeah, him wrecking with that. A really good scene, like, there. Um, Like, even, like, she took him down to Falcone, like, we all know where he is, he's right there, go ahead if you want to do something about it, you know, like, she was just very... I don't know, I I loved her in that scene, so it's either that, whenever she tells him that your father would be ashamed of you, or at the end, whenever it's like, your father would be very proud of you as am I, you know, like just like they always had these payoffs, like every mm-hmm. line that was said, there was some payoff, like even the, it's not um, who you are underneath. Like that was the playoff to let Rachel know who he is. Like, yeah, Bruce, like, Oh, that's man. something like, about Christopher Nolan's scripts. That is really, really good and really, really simple and straightforward is that there's always a line at some point in the movie that really keys you into your character's headspace. You know, like, uh, and, and the way that those, those, you know, headspaces evolve and the expectations are met and everything evolves. Like he always does a really good job at that. And the dark Knight specifically, well, I'll have a, I'll have a lot more examples to be able to tell you then, but it always has these moments where it's like, all right, this is the thesis for this part of the movie. This is where Batman's at. Then he delivers a line in the second act of the movie where you're like, oh, okay, now this is where he's at. And then he delivers a, a line in the third act. It's like he's mm. evolving very literally in his in his dialogue, and it's really compelling that way. But, uh, yeah, my line is uh, – mine's a – it's a classic. I, I could not go with it because I always think of it with uh, Alfred is, uh, why do we fall so? So we can learn to pick ourselves up. You know, I, 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 I love that. You the callback to something Thomas yeah. used to say, yeah. like, so great. oh, dude, like, and then like, it's his mansion was all burned down. They're at the bottom of the the elevator. Alfred's hurt too, you know, like yeah. that. Like he's he's. Well, down. he told him that this house was their legacy and stuff, and then like, he's Alfred, like, a, "What am I gonna do? It's all gone. Like, yeah, our history. Legacy like, more than brick and mortar, sir. Yeah, he's uh, Alfred he's is good. just That's golden." Cool. Alf, uh, yeah, Alfred's too good. What a um, king! What a king! Ah oh, man, but is that is that it? Is that then, is that all the favorites we had left to do? And then a shot. Uh, I think yeah, I did my mine. I did uh, ne- like get it down. I'll, I'll choose the cave with all the bats flying around when he stands. And I chose the the ugly ass Batman all frothing mm-hmm. at the mouth of black ugly goo. Ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then but I don't know if. If we got one, and did, Blair, did, what's the, what did you, you say one? I just might not have taken it down. Um, no, I don't think I said it. Um, I think I have to go with the close-up shot of Killian Murphy's eyes. Yeah. They are so blue in this movie. Pretty. It's, which I also think might be Christopher Nolan's favorite shot of this movie too. 
Yeah, Claire <laughs> sent me a tweet. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's incredible. Got- a little behind the scenes commentary where Christopher Nolan's talking about how he wants to get Killian Murphy's glasses off as much as possible because he wants to see his eyes. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, wow. Yeah, I guess I, yeah. I've never, I've never really looked at his eye like a uh, oh, gorgeous okay. eyes. Okay. Yeah. They are okay. So yeah. Okay. Now I'm. Um... No, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I I understand. It's, it's yeah, no. The research you. has the research is conclusive. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's very strong. Beautiful man, beautiful man. But uh, does that leave us with a rating here? I believe that is all that is left. Yeah, we we are all there. Right. We're gonna do it as we usually do, where our guest will go ahead and rate it alongside ours. So let's start with your enjoyment rating, Claire. How are you feeling about this one? It's got to be like a nine point five out of ten. Ooh, high praise, high praise. Love that. It's, it's high enjoyment for this movie. Hmm. Okay, that. Would no, I'm be... not. Uh, I'm not super far removed from that. You know, I I have a lot of fun watching this movie. And uh, let's let's see what 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 have we been working with in the past as far as uh, Batman movies are concerned because that feels like the benchmark here. Phantasm was at a nine. Uh, Batman Forever also at a nine, um, and then. Batman Returns down to an eight, and then eighty nine seven seven five. I don't think we're there. So I, no, th- no. I think I think, uh, I think I'm north of both Forever and Phantasm enjoyment yeah. wise. I think it's yeah. either a nine two five or a nine five, as Claire as Claire stated. So uh, mm-hmm. I think for me, I would I'd lean towards two five personally. I think I'm there because nine five that'd be putting it on Superman level, and not for me. That first Superman movie, man that that is I don't know I don't know if it's quite there yet. Um, but but V for Vendetta would be the other nine two five that we have, and I feel good about that. Yeah, I, I like that. So couple I'm of nine two fives in a row, then that's mm-hmm. good. There we are. All right, all right, and then uh, that we move on to the genre rating. You know, this sort of action adventure, probably crime. You know, this is probably a crime drama to an mm-hmm. extent. Um, how, how how are you feeling about that? How well does this movie know itself? Um, I. Like I said before, I think this really kind of de- redefines the superhero genre. Um, coming off of watching Batman Robin, it's so different. It's a totally different take on a superhero movie. So I think it's kind of hard to compare to anything else. And I think that it knows what it's trying to do really well. Um, I would say it's it's also pretty high. I would say at least 8.5, 8.75 maybe. All right, I'll go ahead and give it the little extra boost there for you, and give it an eight seven five because I'm, I'm certainly around there. You know, I think this movie knows itself very, very well. I think that it, uh, it even dips its foot into the, the horror pool every once in a while, which I really enjoy. You know, I think that in a movie with such strong themes about fear, and and that you have to do that, otherwise it's just going to kind of fall flat a little bit. Um, I thought they they did that very very well. Um. I think I think this movie knows itself about as well as any Batman movie we've covered, if not better. Um, I, I'd go probably minimum nine out of ten personally. Yeah, I mean, and that automatically puts it in between Phantasm and Return. Like the best we gave Phantasm a ten because it kind of it recontextualized Batman himself. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of that that's that's I don't I don't think this is a ten um, quite. But I, I do. I mean, it's it's damn near. Like I, yeah. I mean, this is I, I, as 
I love this this genre uh, of Batman and, and the horror. You're right. Like uh, it works for like Sam Raimi's Spider Man. Like uh, just the little bits of horror that that are that are thrown in there. Uh, you know, it worked well for that movie, but I think it works way better for for Batman, where mm. fear is like an actual like very very crucial part of Batman's story. Um, and so yeah, I think like. And they handled it very well. Like the the gross, like your shot, like that gross ass Batman. Like every time we saw, like through the eyes of whoever was on Scarecrow's, you know, gas or whatever. Like it was, I don't know, very done very well and added mm-hmm. to it. So I, I think, yeah, I think I'm at like nine five, um, or I th- or just yeah, I don't know, maybe maybe nine five. Uh, I don't know if nine seven five is too high. Um, yeah, for me, I, uh, I, I, I end up landing around a nine. Um, okay. that's, that's where my gut took me. Um, that's, that's V for Vendetta. Uh, maybe nine, two, five, you know, uh, maybe a little, maybe a little, a little bump above it. A little below the Raimi trilogy then. I think that, that could yeah, actually. I think as far as superhero movies are considered, you know, I don't think that a lot accomplishes the superhero vibe as much as Raimi's Spider-Man movies. I think they do a good job at that. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe that putting it up on that level is a little too, too much. I do like, like that spot in between Viver Vendetta and Spider-Man two though, that nine, nine, two, five there. I like that. I like that. I can, I can agree on that. Cool. Cool. It brings us to adaptation. How, how well of an adaptation are you feeling? This is from, uh, from, you know, the source material. Um, well, I mean, we talked about the Ra's al Ghul issue, so that's that dings it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, I mean, I just like all of the little details about how he came to have all his hat suit in the Batmobile. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. how faithful to the adaptations that is. Does it come in black? <laughs> yeah, I, I like all of that. I'm, I don't know the comic books that well, so I don't mm-hmm. know how much I can really say about this, but gotcha. maybe an eight. It's not far off from what I was feeling. So, uh, like, you, you, your gut is taking you in the right direction. Um, you know, the Ra's al Ghul stuff does give it a ding, but the the twist itself works within the context of the movie, so I can kind of, mm-hmm. I can logic my way out of it a little bit. You know, I can understand what led them down that path. So it's fine. You know, it's it's whatever. It does give it a ding, though. Uh, the other thing is the I don't have to kill you, but that doesn't mean I have to save you. Uh, that's the other part where I'm like, that's not something Batman should or would do. Um, however, that's still better than Keaton's Batman, which we gave a seven, five. Uh, I do think they got the essence of the character better in live action than most things have. Um, I don't, I still think that Val Kilmer live action is the best portrayal of Batman himself. We've seen, not not necessarily Bruce Wayne, or even mm-hmm. as well performed as Christian Bale does here, uh, but literally in its writing, I think it does. I think it does a better job at, at capturing uh, Bruce Wayne Batman than than this movie did. I I, I do end up landing at around an eight, um, maybe even a seven seven five on this one for adaptation. Yeah, I do. I do agree in the like it's somewhere in between Batman eighty nine and Batman Forever. Uh, with like Val Kilmer and and Michael Keaton there, and uh, I I think it's it's probably closer to Keaton. Um, yeah, I think so too. Actually, there. So I I think I think seven seven five 
you know, because at least Batman Forever also got you know Two Face and Riddler and all that really, really down. You know, Ra's al Ghul. That's one of our that's one of our bigger gripes. One thing that I do think they nailed was Scarecrow. Don't think you can do Scarecrow on screen much better than they did here, unless you make him the main villain. You know, like that's that's the only thing that could make him even better. Um, yeah, I think I like seven seven five then. Right, kind of cool. just that little bump above little bump down Batman, uh, but but uh, not quite um, Val Kilmer because that's that's a point a full point below. Yeah, Val Kilmer, and I—I I think I don't know. I think that's that feels cool. right to me. It feels right to me. Um, but that leads us to critically. How how good of a movie is this mm. in, in in every every regard? Acting, filmmaking, uh, visuals, uh, score, all that. How how are you feeling about that on a scale of one to ten, Claire? Um, I think that this is really strong. Like I said, the the ensemble cast is just excellent. Um. The script of this movie might be my favorite of the trilogy. I think it's really well written. I think the character is really well written. Um, the only thing about it that I have an issue with is some of the cinematography. I find it to be kind of dark, kind of hard to see parts of it. Mm. Um, but I, I don't think that that's a huge ding against it. I would give it at least a nine. I'm I'm right there with you. I'm not. I'm. I think this is one of the one of the best movies we've covered so far which yeah. automatically elevates it pretty high. Um, and it's certainly the best live-action Batman we've done. And I think that, you know, the thing that's given me pause is Batman Mask of the Phantasm at an 8.75, where I think that, you know... It's every bit as well-written, I think. But Batman Mask of Phantasm, like we said, is half the runtime. They accomplish it in such a short span of time that it's kind of like, that's, that's so incredibly difficult and so impressive to do. But I don't think that necessarily hurts Batman Begins. I think it just gives us more time to relish in the character that they're laying out for us. Mm -hmm. And I think that I, I can appreciate that. And I do think that maybe a nine is about where I end up coming down as well, especially looking at even more movies beyond that, you know, uh, we gave Superman 78 and 875, and I, I don't like to admit it, but I do think this is probably a better movie than that. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, it, no, like, apart from where I think, like, I would like a movie, what I would like a movie to look like, you know, versus damn, just kind of, like, the reality of watching a Nolan movie. Like, a Nolan, Nolan knows like what he's doing pretty well like yeah. i mean he's... i did not realize that giving it a nine would make it critically the best movie we have so far yeah um and i guess i guess that's probably right you know like i, I the only things that would give it a run for its money would be superman or mask of phantasm you know like that would be it and i do probably think it's a better movie than those kind um, of this movie's kind of like a I don't know, an intersection of, damn, we can really make movies really, really well right now. Like, the technology's just there, and, like, we're, a lot of things are going. And, like, I don't know, it's now not seen as, um, like, campy or whatever. Like, this is, like, any an anyone movie. You know, mm -hmm. like, I, I feel like this is, like, it's a, reached a wider audience. Uh, it's yeah. like a weird kind of intersection in comic book movie time. Because, um, like, I guess, like, before it, like, we've had, 
like I guess Spider Man came out, which still still in that. I don't think it's quite as good as this one. Um, Let's see, like X two was good, but I think a nine out of ten is it, man. I think I I think think, we are looking at the best movie we've covered so far. I think Um, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, it's like. I think it's I mean, I, I, it, it, what what what's best wrong? performed. Yeah, yeah, like what yeah, like what what is wrong with this that we we do know, like that we can say that is wrong with yeah, it. Yeah, we expressed a lot of our our distaste for it, but that ultimately affected adaptation and enjoyment more than anything. I can't really tell you like the choices they make, I might not like them, but they were fine. It's not like they were it's not like I'm like, oh, this actively hurts the quality of this movie. It actually I remember, yeah, like the of twist it. of Roz, like the first time that I that I experienced it, I was like, What? Like I remember like that was actually like okay, that was sick. Like mm-hmm. I think it's so, like it's written really well, like in the in that sense, like to to keep you in on the story as well as just telling a really good Batman origin story. Right. Um so I think like it's written well, performed very like everyone's firing. Yeah, visually, my only my yeah, like, only concern would be a little bit visually, and even then, it's not like it's a bad looking mo- yeah, movie. It's it just looks pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just that I, I I just know a movie could look better. That's all, you know. Um, is this yeah? Is this the new king of? Critical? I think it is. In terms of critical, it it would not make it overall the best at a nine out of ten, given mm-hmm. all of our ratings. But it would make it critically the best at a nine out of ten because with that, it would come to an eighty eight percent for both of us. Claire and our rating came, comes to an 881, which is exactly the same as what we came to. Um, on IMDb, this got an 8.2 out of 10 on Rotten Tomatoes, an 84% critically, a 94% audience-wise, so we're falling right in the middle there, which I, I can appreciate. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just a good movie, man. There's There's... Not a lot I can say that that will lead me to the contrary. So I guess I just got to nut up and admit that Nolan Bat movie. It's fine. It's fine. That basic bitch, sure. No, no, it's, it's, it's okay. It's, it's not wrong. You know, just, you just, it's kind of like Wes and ranking all that greatness is one of ones eventually just got to be below. You know, mm-hmm. like it's all good. It's all great. But one's just a yeah, And this is our look. best right now. It will not be yeah. our best in the future. Yeah, like, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. It, you know, it, it ties it with V for Vendetta overall, which is interesting. Like the average, just dead on tie with that. A little bit below Spider Man 2. Uh, but it take it's tied for fifth, fifth place overall for uh, every, every movie we got so I far. I think it dead ties V for Vendetta. I feel like it's a little bit above it. Um, eight point three eight. Yeah, Batman Begins came to an eight point eight one. If I scroll down just one more movie, I am now on the cur- looking at the correct number. Wow, yeah. <laughs> I really, you know, I I had it at a point where I could I, I okay, this is just Excel talk now, and no one cares, so I'm just gonna stop. Um, but yeah, I just I need to I need to fix this. Yeah, that puts it top five overall. Never mind. Yeah, so Below it is Superman, above, Spider-Man, Mask of Phantasm, and yeah. Spider-Man 2. Never mind. But it's still in fifth place, though. But just still not in fifth. tied. Not tied. Yeah, top uh, five. And that's uh, that's that's where, it, you know, I, I did my own little, we we update the letterbox ranking, and it, it came in at, it came in at fourth for me. You know, I, I edited, you know, mm-hmm. I came off the V for Vendetta high, and I moved it down a little bit. 
you know? Um, really? So it comes in at fourth above V for Vendetta and below Mask of Phantasm is where is I where think. I yeah. Yeah. I can't quite put it. I think it's going to fall in the same spot for me. Like, I can't put it above Spider Man 2 quite yet. Like, in every movie that's above Spider Man 2, you know, I mean, yeah, it's just not getting touched. There. But I, I, I do like it more than V for Vendetta. So I'm. It's yeah. at my number five too. Um, nice, 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 there. nice. Well, then, any any last thoughts here on Batman Begins? Solid start to the trilogy. Solid, yeah. solid start to the trilogy. One of the best origin films we've had so far, no doubt. Um, up there with the likes of Superman and Spider Man, certainly. But uh, man, I can't wait for the Dark Knight now. That's uh, mm-hmm. it's the next time we've got Claire, we've got you slated to uh, appear. I know that we haven't recorded the Barbie episode yet, but we will have already released it by the time this comes out. Wow. Um, and uh, you are. Also, more than welcome to join us for the Greta Gerwig, or even uh, even the Christopher Nolan ones coming up. You know, whatever whatever you got in mind, I'll send you send you a list, and you can take your pick. You're well, you're an open invite, so anytime you want on, you just you just let me know. Um, but uh, yeah, with that, we'll conclude this episode. If you would head to Patreon.com/slash Penny Bloom Pod, where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content, including written comic book reviews, movie reviews, book reviews, and the like. For uh, $1.50 a month, you can support this podcast financially and get written reviews in return. That's uh, basically just movie reviews at this point um, uh, and some comic book reviews in the future. Um, for $3 a month, you can support this podcast financially and get all our audio content along with any fictional writings we might do. What's uh, what's the publishing date technically here? Um, of yeah, a couple of weeks back. Uh, I put out a, a a short story on patreon.com slash pennybloompod that I'm excited to share and I'm excited to have shared and I, I want you all to read it. It's very it's very fulfilling to do some fictional writing. It was fun. Uh, but yeah, so support this podcast financially. It's huge. Cost me money. I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. Uh, head to Twitter, follow at pennybloompod, follow on Instagram at pennybloompodcast. Remember to leave a five-star rate and review wherever it is that you might be listening. That is a huge help. Uh, we just concluded our Christopher Nolan director spotlight last week. Covered four movies in a row there, concluding with Oppenheimer. We covered Barbie earlier this week with Claire to kick off a Greta Gerwig director spotlight. So we've got Lady Bird and Little Women over the next couple weeks. I'm very excited for that. And then uh, we're going to do a little John Wick watch through here in a a few weeks after that. I'm excited for that. So uh, got a lot going on. A lot of movies to cover. A lot of fun to have. Uh, We're covering Fantastic Four next week for the comic book movie journey, uh, which is a personal, you know, personal favorite of mine. I love that one. It might not be the best, but I love it. Um, But yeah, with that, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And thank you once again for joining us, Claire De Janeiro. Thank you so much for having me again. Oh, of course, anytime, like I said. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And why do we fall, sir? <laughs>